Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Kathleen Perry, who's an associate with Climate Risk Services, who are a company that are supporting clients in understanding, assessing and managing client risks and opportunities. Kathleen, uh, Kathleen is a geoscientist by background um, and has worked for a number of mining companies and consultancies. So it's well, pla- so it's well placed to talk about climate risk within our industry. And he's going to talk about how companies can adapt and embed climate into their governance, uh, strategy, risk management and metrics and targets uh, with a goal of improving uh, their climate resilience. So that's welcome, um, Catherine, to the podcast. How are you doing, Catherine? I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing very well for a Friday when we're actually uh, recording this uh, recording this podcast. So it's the uh, end of the week. Um, obviously, you're an avid listener, listener to the podcast, so um, I appreciate if you can give us an overview of your background and your career. As I mentioned, you've been in the mining industry for a while now, so I wonder if you can take us through your, your career and your journey uh, to where you are today. Yeah, so um, after I graduated with my master's um, in geology, I spent a bit of time in the oil and gas industry in the UK um, as a geophysicist. And then moved to Canada, and that's when I entered the mining industry as a geologist, um, ultimately leaving as a project geologist. Um, So I worked with different commodities in the mining industry, like diamonds, um, base metals. And then I got my MBA at Oxford and moved to Climate Risk Services, where I'm an associate working mostly with mining companies to embed climate risk and climate resilience into their operations. So how come you move... Uh, and I suppose the question is, how, how come you move from geology into more the, the climate uh, climate theme of things? What's, what, what was your motivation to do that? Um, a mixture of reasons. Um, I guess working in the field as a geologist a lot, you do get embedded into local communities and you start to hear um, maybe stories about mining that aren't quite so favourable for the local communities. So it just gave me an introduction to broader sustainability and ESG issues. Um, The main reason why I went into climate risk was during my MBA at Oxford. And I took a course with um, a professor called Richard Barker on uh, corporate responsibility and natural capital and so on. And that really led me into um, being interested in climate risk. And I was lucky enough to meet Stephanie, who is our COO at CRS. And that's ultimately how I ended up at the company, but also doing climate risk as my career. I wonder if you could just give us an overview of climate risk services, what, what you guys do, um, before I've got a number of questions that I can I want to ask going in more into more depth around, I suppose, how mining companies can, can improve their sort of climate risk. Yeah. So um, at Climate Risk Services, we um, help clients in different sectors. So mining is one of the sectors that we help. Um, But we also work with financial institutions, uh, food and beverage companies and so on. And what we're trying to help them do is embed climate risk into their organization. And there's quite a lot of work streams involved in that. 
Um, so things like uh, bringing in strategy, governance and risk management ideas. Um, also things like change management, because um, climate does require changes to companies. Um, so we have an advisory side of our business. We also have a product side where we're developing uh, various products, uh, mostly for financial institutions right now, but it also supports our advisory work with mining companies. Um, what is TCFD and how does that fit into ESG? Uh, yep. Yeah, so uh, TCFD is the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. And that was brought about by the Financial Stability Board because investors needed material climate information about climate risks within portfolio companies. Um, ultimately, they're trying to protect their returns for their investors. Um, and um, where TCFD and ESG kind of interact, I guess, is within the E part of ESG, so environmental. Um, obviously, TCFD is aligned towards climate, so it is focused quite heavily on environmental matters. Um, but TCFD has a um, governance pillar, so obviously that also helps fall under the G of the ESG. Okay, yeah. Um, so when you say sort of climate risks, what kind of risks are you talking about? And I suppose if we look at the, the mining industry as a whole, um, what kind of, I suppose, what kind of risks are there? And what, what shall, I suppose, obviously we have a variety of different people listening to this podcast. What are things they should be thinking about? Um, so there's quite a few different kinds of risks, but ultimately they're banded into about three categories. Uh, so one category is transition risk. And these are the kinds of risks that come about from society trying to transition to a low carbon economy. Um, and that's within four categories. So there's policy and legal. Uh, so that would include things like carbon pricing. Uh, there's also technology. Uh, so that would include opportunities such as electrification. Uh, there's also market uh, that could be experienced through commodity pricing and demand. And then also reputation. Uh, so that speaks a bit to social license to operate. Um, and then there's also acute physical risk. Uh, so that tends to be what people think of when they think of climate change. It's things, uh, I guess, short-term events, such as wildfires or flooding. And then there's also chronic physical risk. And these are the long-term changes and trends, uh, such as precipitation changes or temperature changes. Um, additionally, when we talk about climate risk, we're not just talking about direct climate risks that mining companies face. We're also thinking of indirect risk. Uh, so the kinds of risks that they experience through their supply chains or downstream through their customers and markets. And a really good example of climate risk actually is what's happening in Chile at the moment. Um, so I don't know if you're too familiar with it, but uh, Chile has been having some long term precipitation changes. So they're in a drought. And for mining companies, that's been experienced in a number of different ways. Uh, so one risk that has come about is um, with respect to production, that production has dropped for some companies. Obviously, that affects their revenues. Um, additionally, uh, some of the mining companies are having to implement technology solutions. So they're building desalination plants to ensure they have the water they need. And that obviously impacts on local communities as well. They're having to share water supplies. And um, finally, the government of Chile has actually launched a lawsuit against some of these mining companies for what they say was too much water usage. And so uh, I think that kind of, I guess, 
it gives a good example of how one hazard can impact on mining companies in a lot of different ways. And there's quite a lot of climate risks out there. Um, but additionally, when we talk about climate risks, we're talking about the larger risks that affect the world as a whole. Um, so one thing that could come about in the next 50 years is mass migration. Um, a recent paper suggested one to three billion people would be uh, migrating in the next 50 years. They'll have to. The temperatures will be too hot where they live. Um, and similarly, agricultural belts might have more volatility. Um, but these large scale climate risks are much harder for mining companies to handle because they're kind of outside their control and very difficult to mitigate against. So for the most part, we focus on what is within their control and what can they mitigate against. Um, why should companies, mining companies, uh, care about obviously the climate risks? And I suppose there is obviously some of the obvious reasons, um, but I suppose you can also discuss what other what other um, risks there could be that are probably not so obvious. Yeah, I guess, um, well, probably all of them are aware that their investors care. They're probably asking them about their climate risks. Um, another reason why mining companies should care is that TCFD is becoming mandated across the world in various countries. Um, so if they're not in a position where they need to care about climate risks right now, they will definitely need to care about the disclosures in the coming years. Um, another reason why they should care is just typical risk management. Um, if a mining company hasn't identified the climate risks that it's exposed to, then it's very hard to mitigate against those risks. And obviously that could affect the bottom line of the mining company. Um, but also one thing we talk about a lot at CRS is that it's not all about risk. It's also about recognizing climate opportunity and there will be some. Um, so that this obviously speaks to um, ensuring continued growth and success of a company, but recognizing the climate opportunities can also help inform a strategy going forward. Um, so for example, example, maybe certain commodities will be extremely useful in the future. Well, maybe that will help a company with their mergers and acquisitions, for example. Um, and then I guess a third reason why they should care is uh, mining does rely a lot on social license to operate. Um, and some of those larger risks that I'm talking about that are outside the control of a mining company, um, mining companies can at least help and contribute to reducing emissions that some of those worst effects aren't realised. And I think that's pretty essential for mining as well. Yeah, I think another reason that I've just thought of is the carbon credits. Mm. So how, how does that interact with maybe some of the work that you do? Yeah, so we get asked about carbon credits a lot at CRS. Um, fundamentally, I guess there's a major train of thought about whether you should decarbonize or if a company wants to purchase offsets. And Part of that speaks to their strategy, like are they aiming to be carbon neutral or are they aiming to be net zero? And net zero is definitely the preference. Um, additionally, most mining companies have limited funding available for certain activities. So the more money you put into offsets, the less money you can put into decarbonization. Um, so offsets definitely play a role, but um, I would say that they're probably further along uh, the decarbonisation pathway than most mining companies would expect and also would like. Um, you mentioned scenario analysis earlier. Um, I just wonder if you can explain what that is. Um, yeah, so I guess when you think about risk management for most sectors, it involves looking towards the past to understand the probability and impacts of hazards 
Um, most of them have been experienced before, so you kind of have some data on those. Um, but fundamentally, looking to the past involves um, a stable system that things aren't changing too much. Unfortunately, with human-induced climate change, the system has become unstable, and um, it makes it very difficult to look to the past to understand the probabilities and severities of hazards we might face in the future. Because and we kind of need to bring that future risk towards the present day, which is really hard to do because the future is so uncertain. Um, so one of the things you can do is a scenario planning and analysis, and ultimately it's a risk management tool. And so what you're doing in this is you're kind of creating three or four, or maybe more if you really wanted to, um, different versions of a climate future. Um, so it's typically guided by TCFD. So mining companies tend to use a climate future um, with high transition risk where the world is trying to align to two degrees of warming or less. And another scenario they would probably use is the high physical risk scenario. And what you do once you've created these future climates is you ask yourself, what risks are my mining, is my mining company facing in the future? What opportunities are they facing? And then from that, you can kind of develop a strategy for each scenario. Um, it also helps recognize which of the risks are material, um, and that will look different across the spectrum of climate futures. And then ultimately, a mining company would need to decide which climate future do we think we're most likely to be heading towards. And that's when you start putting your strategy in place to deal with that. Um, at the same time, a key part of scenario planning and analysis is recognizing uh, indicators that might suggest you're moving into a different climate future so that you can act on those material risks and opportunities. Um, so ultimately, it is a risk management tool, but it can also help mining companies develop their climate strategy, but also a growth strategy going forward. What can sort of mining companies do to embed climate into their organisations? Um, so there's quite a few things. Um, I guess the main thing was scenario planning and analysis that I've just mentioned. Um, if it's done well, then that process becomes a thought journey for the teams that are involved. And um, that can really help individuals embed it in their day-to-day -day jobs, also makes them aware of things that may change in the future and assumptions that have been made that we all rely on to do our work. Um, fundamentally, with scenario planning at CRS, we say once you see it, then you can't unsee it. Uh, so once climate has been pointed out to you, you just notice it all the time. Uh, so that's very helpful for the cultural change that needs to go into mining companies to add climate into the organisation. Um, Another thing they can do is to use tools uh, that support their decision making. So an example here would be an internal carbon price. And that helps change the equation when you're looking at decarbonization options because it puts a financial value onto emissions. And so it becomes a cost benefit analysis then between the costs of implementing a technology versus the costs of basically decreasing those emissions. Um, and then I would say another thing that is very helpful to embed climate into an organization is just considering climate and growth strategies, the same as any other long-term risk channel. Um, once you start doing that, it helps make some de decisions easier. Uh, so what commodities do you want to move into? Are there particular jurisdictions that are attractive? Or similarly, are there other jurisdictions that probably are not going to do very well in some of the climate futures. Um, 
So it can be quite difficult to embed climate into organizations just because it is something new that they haven't really had to do before. And so it has all the issues that come with it from typical change management. Um, obviously, we've been talking about uh, clients or organizations, uh, and I suppose they have a responsibility to improve their uh, climate risk. What can individuals individuals within organisations, whether you're based out on site or based in a corporate office, what can they do individually um, to help and assist with this, with uh, the climate risks? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think sometimes people at site level feel that maybe their contributions aren't as um, going to be as impactful as those at the corporate level, but everyone genuinely has a role. Um, so everyone in a mining company has certain skills and experiences that could be very valuable to introducing these changes. Um, so one of the things that mining companies can do is set up climate resilience committees. Um, those can be done at site level as well as some at corporate level. Um, so for anyone who is working at the site level who's interested in um, being part of these changes, then I would say push to have a climate resilience committee set up and then push to be involved in that conversation as well. Um, another thing that's helpful for people across all levels of the organization is to think about what changes might they see in their day-to-day -day, uh, work as a result of climate, and then uh, start thinking about how they can adapt to those changes, other things that could be doing better, um, so one of the things I can think of off the top of my head is uh, with supply chains and procurement, um, those do tend to be exposed to quite a lot of climate risk. So maybe there needs to be a push away from just-in-time methodologies and introduce a bit more redundancy into your systems. Um, but it does require quite a lot of thought for some individuals and also um, pushing at all levels to implement these changes. Obviously, you mentioned about setting up these committees. What are the topics disciplines subjects could they could they look at and talk about um so i would say it's across all um aspects of business functions um and skill sets um so i guess most of the climate resilience committees have those with engineering backgrounds or um general responsibility over mine sites so like general managers or vps of regions um, but it's helpful to have uh, people who are working in the supply chain, in finance, in strategy. Um, I guess with climate, it does affect so many different parts of the business that it's really helpful to have those parts of the business represented within the Climate Resilience Committee. Um, and then just as an additional point, there would be decisions that are being made and that need to be fed up to corporate or back down from corporate to the site level. So there should be an element of including some people who have influence or are able to make decisions as well. What are the current challenges that I suppose mining companies currently face with respect to uh, climate risk and its management? Yeah, so I mean, I think climate risk is a fairly new area that mining companies are being asked to um, kind of respond to. And the legislation, the standards and guides, they're rapidly changing and some are still being developed. Um, so as a result of that, best practice is constantly evolving and it can be really hard for mining companies to know what they need to do and then um, where to focus their efforts first. Uh, so in particular, TCFD has four pillars. There's quite a few tasks involved in developing the actions behind those pillars. 
And like any new piece of work, that brings um, some challenges with respect to costs, uh, with having resources and skills within your company, and just having the capacity to act on it. Um, so I guess speaking a bit more towards the costs as well, there's often a trade-off. Um, so in mining, growth brings more energy, which uh, more energy demand, uh, more emissions. And so how do you balance growth of the mine with reducing emissions while still being able to produce metals? And so that's one of the challenges that speaks to the need for coherence between a climate strategy and the corporate strategy. Um, and then I guess another kind of major challenge is just that it's changed management fundamentally. Uh, so you get all the standard challenges that come with that, um, like needing to have buy-in from across the company at the different levels, um, being able to communicate those efforts and set a direction that people are all working towards. And then even once you've made those decisions and you've got the buy-in and you've kind of communicated what you're doing, it can be really hard to maintain that momentum going forward because I guess it's just human nature to default back to the way you used to do things. Um, but it does need that kind of continued effort for quite some time to um, embed climate risk into organisations. Uh, you mentioned costs, and I suppose most mining companies will look at this and think, oh, look, it's an extra, extra cost um, that we, I suppose, we can't incur. Is there government subsidiaries around the world um, or is an organisation that provides maybe, or I suppose government government subsidiaries that will provide um, maybe tax relief or incentives to encourage more climate risk um, strategies? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, the level of support and exactly what the support is depends on the jurisdiction that you're in. Um, as an example, though, Canada uh, released a, their climate strategy re recently and one of the things coming out of that is funding for Canadian mining companies who would like to pursue decarbonisation options. Um, so there's that kind of support available for, I guess, reducing emissions. Um, and ooh, sorry. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I, I suppose there is help. I suppose some people, if you're looking, if you're looking at particular strategies, I suppose there could be government funding if you actually go and inquire. Um, and I suppose that every government around the world is all on the, the same page in, in terms of trying to reduce the climate risk. Um, so I imagine there will be incentives for mining companies, I suppose. Certain things, there'll be more money available. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd imagine that. Yeah. Um, lastly, is there any final words that you want to say to sort of uh, obviously our listeners um, who are obviously around the world working at all different levels within a mining organization is there any um any final words that you want to give that they can they can take away just so they can think about this and I suppose in their everyday everyday roles responsibilities just so they're thinking about so it's always at the back of their mind um, about climate climate risk yeah so um I guess we have a big challenge ahead if the world is going to meet net zero 2050, which I think is the most desirable climate future we can be in. Um, so part of that is just it's essential to tackle this problem head on. Um, you definitely don't have to do everything quickly. You can do it through a lot of little steps over a period of time. 
Um, but it is something that does need to be worked on. Um, I would also suggest that um, mining companies start to look at biodiversity and ecosystems. Uh, that's the next thing that's going to come up alongside climate. Um, we're already starting to see movement in that area. So it would be good to get up to speed sooner rather than later on that. Um, I guess one final thing I would say is that uh, climate risk is a really exciting sector to work in. Um, and uh, Climate Risk Services is hiring. <laughs> okay, yeah, no worries. No, I don't mind any plugs if, you want, if you're uh, looking to hire. So obviously anyone that, that's listening that obviously um, is within the, I suppose, the field or wants to get into uh, the climate risk side of mining, then obviously feel free to reach out to Catherine. Are you guys obviously across social media um, how can they get in contact with you if they've got any questions? Uh, yeah, we're all on LinkedIn. Um, so we have a Climate Risk Services page as well. And uh, we also have a website, uh, climaterisservices.com. Okay, no worries. Um, and we, we can include those in the show notes accompanying this anyway. So if anyone, if anyone wants to get in contact, if they're looking for a job or even if they want some more information or some advice, I'm sure Catherine will be able to... Uh, uh, and her team be able to uh, provide that um really appreciate your time i suppose it's, again this podcast is around education um climate is obviously we hear about it all the time um in the media um but maybe we don't necessarily always think about it in everything that we do so it's good that you come on to explain a little bit about what we can do in the mining industry um and it just keeps us just keeps us thinking about we should keep thinking about that in the back of our mind um, in obviously everything that we do. So really appreciate your time and uh, obviously coming and showing us uh, about climate risk and some things that we should be thinking about. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, and those that are listening, um, appreciate your continued support. Um, again, this is an important topic. So I appreciate if you can um, share this episode with others uh, around the world, uh, whether they're ex-colleagues of yours, ex-managers of yours, or people that you know in the industry, appreciate if you can share this episode because it's important and it does affect everyone, not just within the mining industry, but people outside the mining industry. So uh, appreciate your uh, continued support. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.